We are in for an absolute treat this morning. Uh, we have an incredible couple with us today, uh, Pastor Keith and Wendy, uh, were the, the pastors of this church uh, back um, a number of years ago now. I won't say how many, um, but it's been a number of years, and uh, they're incredible people of faith, of faithfulness. Uh, they, Pastor Keith has served uh, on the state executive of our movement, uh, has uh, helped so many churches. I, I think that there'd be very few churches you haven't been to in our state. I think that you'd be most most churches probably uh, around our state. They have just gone and sown themselves. They've blessed other congregations. They've blessed other churches. They've been an incredible uh, witness for Jesus no matter where they've gone. And they go in the power and the anointing just relying on Jesus and, and what he's given to them. Um, one thing I do know about Pastor Keith and Wendy is they have an incredible heart just to go wherever, whenever, to whoever, and across no matter where. And they've they just got this incredible heart to do that. And I do really appreciate that. So this morning, how about we stand and let's honour Pastor Keith and Wendy as they come this morning. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Gary, for that uh, lovely introduction. I, I think I recognise some of that. But it really is good to be with you. Let's, let's just give Jesus a big round of applause, you know. Without him, we wouldn't be here. He's so wonderful. Hallelujah. So we had the privilege of um, pastoring this church for uh, a number of years, and um, uh, we had the joy of uh, working in here and... Uh, seeing it come together and we had volunteers from even interstate that just rocked up. They were unsaved people just tying up foundation rods before we even pulled the foundation. It was a miracle at that time because uh, we weren't a big church and uh, God did an amazing thing. So uh, when he gives you a word, you can, you can stand on it. And uh, we got a word and I tried to, tried to wriggle out of it. <laughs> But um, the timing just didn't seem right, but in God it was. And uh, it was amazing how it all unfolded. So this is my lovely Wendy. Good morning. <laughs> you know I cry when I come here. I really feel I'm home. It's been a while, but this is our family. We are family and we are so proud of what's happening here. Something new is happening. Mm. Something very special is happening. It's true. Mm. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And when the Lord, Spirit of the Lord is in the, in the place and welcome, anything can happen and it will. So proud to see the young people line up here. This is our future. That's it. It's healthy. You may not be big in number, but something beautiful is happening here. That's right. And I feel like a proud mama. She's a proud mama. I didn't do anything. <laughs> we just keep loving you. So proud of you too. And so proud of our our family here, Mount Barker. Bless each one of you because in Christ, absolutely nothing. It's no one is stoppable. 
the dreams that you have in your heart can all come true because they're all in Jesus. Everything you need today is in him and he's in you. So reach out and just take a hold of it. Nothing's impossible. I believe you're right on the beginning of something that's about to break forth in Jesus' name. Let me encourage you to just get behind it all. Get behind Gary and Jane. Give it all you've got because the days are short. The days are getting shorter, very, very short. Thank you. Love you all. Wonderful. I was thinking as um, we were worshipping, you know, it's nice to have a good message, hear a sermon, but it's even much, much better to have an encounter. And uh, I was blessed by Luke and the team this morning. We had an encounter. And regardless of whether you felt something, experienced something, God's presence was here. And of all the stuff that's in the world and of all the things that can entertain, there's nothing better than an encounter with the living God. When the Holy Spirit comes and you know he's here. And sometimes you're afraid to say anything, but other times you just want to express everything and give him all the glory which he is worthy to receive. And so it is, it is wonderful to be with you. Honour Gary and Jane. They have got hearts to serve, serve this community, serve you guys and... Um, we're proud of them and uh, they've got good hearts. They love Jesus and uh, good to see Naomi up there, uh, part of the group, and Aaron and so many of you. It's wonderful. <clears throat> so it is an honour to be here. You know, one of the greatest gifts to any community is a strong, healthy, growing church. And I think sometimes the enemy tries to stop, stop the growth tries to bring disappointment. Even with this COVID and the year that we've had, um, there's been this uh, attack, I believe, that the enemy's tried to shut down the church. And it's been the church probably that in a lot of ways, I know businesses suffered tremendously. Some have actually boomed. And uh, it would be interesting just to see of those businesses that have boomed how many Christians there are in there because I, don't, I believe, you know, nothing really should take us by surprise. And uh, we live in a day where it's constantly changing. Um, I mean, the, the laws are being changed in the land and they're getting harder on Christians. But, you know, this is a day not to back off and not to quieten down, but it's a time to rise up and declare some stuff in the spirit realm. Speak to people. Don't hold back. Because I believe that's what the enemy tries to do. In uh, Acts, there's a story of um, the, the Apostle Paul as he's ministering. There was this continual interruption of this, of this lady who, who was demonically inspired. And finally he got tired of it and he cast the demon out, which is the spirit of Python, which actually tries to constrict and restrict your breath and your breathing. And we need the breath of God to be breathing into us and allow the breath to come out of us to a world that needs to hear the gospel of good news. So this morning I want to talk to you about the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, 
without the gospel, which is the truth, people are just wandering all over the place. They are lost in a world that is confused and continually being confused by those who would, who would say this or that. But the thing is, when you come to the Word of God, you see how true the day is that we're living in. And so, um, actually, um, as an intro, I want to just remind you of a time back in uh, 2004, on December 26th, something something happened in the world that that shook a lot of countries. And... um, you may have, uh, may have been somewhere at that particular time when you heard about the earthquake and uh, it actually hit with massive waves destroying villages and uh, there was over 200,000 people in 13 countries that were killed as a result of the tsunami. But there was one beach um, that I heard about that a young girl by the name of Tilly Smith she was a 10-year-old girl from England and uh, she was in Thailand and a, on a holiday with her parents when suddenly she starts alerting her mum and dad to the fact that something was about to happen catastrophically like a, a tsunami. And uh, it took a little while for her to, to actually convince her mum and dad but prior to her coming away, Part of her study in geography was um, that she had been taught about tsunamis. And she happened to have the knowledge of what it looks like when a tsunami is coming. So this 10-year-old girl is pleading with mum and dad, we've got to do something about this, we've got to get off of here. The father agreed and he went to the, to the guard who was there on the beach and he started to get people off the beach and get them away. And that day, a hundred people were saved from the tsunami and the ensuing waves that came and just engulfed the whole beach and would have taken anybody and everybody that was in its path and either crushed them or drowned them or washed them out to sea. That young girl was there, and because of her words, because of what she said, it actually saved a hundred people. And sometimes um, when you uh, don't sound the alarm, we don't know how close somebody is of stepping into eternity. More and more, I'm, I'm challenged that we need, to, we need to be bolder, step out and declare what Jesus once declared, that his love, his beauty, his splendor, his grace, His mercy is reaching out to a lost world. We, uh, we were traveling back from one of our trips down to Kingston. And uh, we'd been down there all Sunday and ministering all day because it was, uh, it was one of those days where it just sort of went on from the morning service and finished up. And, and we pulled into Meningi and I'm starving hungry. And when I'm hungry, look out. I mean, don't let anybody get in my way. And so there's one cafe that's open, so we pulled in there and I got in the door because I was looking at the watch and I thought, everything else is shut, this is about to shut. And we got in there and uh, this lady came to serve us and uh, she, uh, she started to serve and I noticed her, 
her hand, um, her right hand, she was using the computer and I was nearest to her and I said, what happened to your hand? And she said, I just burned it in hot fat. Now, if you've ever had hot fat burn your hand, you know it's not going to go away quickly because that pain just lingers for a long time. Plus, just happened, plus she had put cream over the top, concealing the heat in more. So Wendy said, well, you know, uh, she, she said, well, um, well, we'll pray for you before we leave. And I'm thinking, yes, that's a good idea. But in, out of my mouth comes, we'll pray for you now. And I think, who said that? Because I'm hungry. <laughs> so, so Wendy said, pass your hand over here. And Wendy just held her hand over there and I held her hand as well. We just said, Jesus, you love this lady. You want to heal her. Take away the pain now. Her eyes were as big as saucers. So she was almost teary with, with, um, with pain and suddenly she's, she's smiling and then she's, she's going like this. She's, oh, oh, wow, she says, wow. <laughs> and when he says, that was Jesus, she said, no, it was you. No, no, it was Jesus. Um, you can actually talk to him and ask him into your life, you know. And she turns on her heels and she walks into the kitchen to get our meal. And I'm happy about this. So she's heard the bit of the gospel but hasn't heard it all. And, and uh, Wendy had actually said to her, you can ask Jesus into your life. And, and uh, I think I said as she's departing, you can just uh, talk to him like you're talking to us. That's who he is. Jesus wants to show you how much he loves you. That's right. And so um, we're waiting and out comes the meal and she's glowing. And I thought, something's happened. And she said, you know, she said, and she comes around the counter and she brings it to us. And she says, here's your, and I, I got some chips as well. <laughs> chips, yes, right, good. And so Wendy says, um, what has happened? Did you ask Jesus into your life? She said, yes, I did. And it was quick as that. And I mean, it wasn't difficult. It wasn't hard. You just got to tell people that Jesus loves them. Jesus came because he loves us. I want to show you a, a, a little thing a bit later that um, will help you preach the gospel because it is, it is really very simple. Jesus was going uh, down to uh, Samaria, I think it was. Uh, he was going down to, it wasn't Samaria, but he went through Samaria. He was going down uh, to Galilee, was it, I think, in John chapter 4. And I was just thinking about this as we were driving this morning. And the Bible says he had need to go through Samaria. Now, Jews would always go around Samaria as they traveled down south. They would avoid, they would avoid the Samaritans because they were, they were intermarried. So they didn't see them as, as worthy of, of going near. They were, they were outcasts as far as their religious view was. And so they wouldn't go near there, but Jesus, it says, said he must go through Samaria. So he goes there at about lunchtime, and all the cafes are closed where he pulls up at a, at a, at a drinking place, which is a well, and uh, so the disciples go off to get food into town, but he encounters a woman, and as he encounters this woman, he's talking about living water, not the water there, and and and. As Jesus is just talking about that, he, he then says, uh, what about your husbands? And, uh, and breaks a, a conversation by a word of knowledge. 
just like that. And she suddenly realizes he's a prophet. There's something different about him. And, and then you see the story goes through in John chapter 4 where the whole revelation of who Jesus is and was there in that village because all of the, she just goes down and she says, I met a man who told me everything I ever did. No, no. <laughs> Sometimes you can feel like that with a prophetic word, but it wasn't that way at all. He says, um, uh, what do you call your husband? And she said, well, I haven't got a husband right now. And he says, you did well. You didn't know, you know, you've had, you've had five husbands before and the guy you're living with is not your husband. And she's, <laughs> and she's feeling like the whole world has been opened up to this man. And so she goes down there and she tells the village, I met a man who told me everything. Could this be the Messiah? And they all come out. And if you read that story, the whole village then believed because they heard for themselves. See, it only takes one to get a fire going. Back in 1975, some of you weren't born back then. In 1975, Wendy went to a church. I stayed home and, and looked after the, the children, as a good dad would be. And so Wendy went off to church. And after about four weeks, um, sorry, I was invited, yeah. But I, 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 had, a, I had to look after the kids at home. It's a done thing, is it? You know. So after a while, um, I'm starting to think, well, she's, she's a good looker. And I don't know where she's going, but I better go and check this place out. So on the fifth week, I go along and walked in there, and there's people with their hands raised and, and things going on. Now, I'd been brought up in a traditional church, and I hadn't seen any of this. And I thought, this is weird. Do I put my hand up or not? And people watching me, no, they weren't. Only it felt like they were. And, and then finally, after going along a few weeks, it just felt like home. And then I responded to the gospel message. Since then, things have changed in our life. But Wendy was doing Mary Kay Cosmetics, and this is how it can happen. So she's doing, uh, she's a director, and she's got girls under her, and Mary Kay Cosmetics was a fantastic cosmetic. I used to love packing the stuff, and, and she was going out at night and doing these, these facials. And, and, uh, but what was happening was, she was actually recruiting for Jesus. People started getting saved. She would be coming home at 4 a.m. in the morning and, and I had a total peace in my heart because she would come in and she said, I just had to talk to so-and-so. And she couldn't get out of the car. She wanted to get out of the car, but she couldn't get out of the car. She's coming to church this Sunday because, because she, just, she just knew something was happening. God was speaking to her. She was having an encounter with Jesus. And so uh, after a while... Um, I got to uh, share with some of the guys at, at work as well, and we got some of them along. And one night, one of the pastors actually said, because he knew what had happened, because he was the new Christian's pastor, Pastor Freddie Evans. He organized that we all come, and we didn't know who was coming, but we were to wait in the foyer. And what they did was they had us all waiting in the foyer, and I'm looking around. I thought, there's a lot of people here, some I don't even know but they'd all been connected to other people. We're all given a candle and they turned the lights off in the auditorium as we came in and this glow from these candles lit up the, and we all came up on the platform 
and there was about a hundred of us on the platform with candles and uh and they turned the lights off and they played that old Evie Tornquist song, It Only Takes a Little Spark to Get a Fire Burning. And some of the people in the church were actually weeping because they knew the testimonies of some of those people that were standing on the stage now with a, a light in their, in their heart and a sparkle in their eye and the joy of the spirit in their soul and their face and their countenance had changed and things had broken off their lives because they heard the gospel. They heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, it's actually in one of the books, one of the pastors actually written about that testimony, uh, as a testimony. And um, we sort of didn't think anything too much of it, but, you know, God was able to, to get the momentum going. When you get the momentum of souls getting saved going in a church, you will see that there is a whole lot out there that are hungry and dying without the knowledge of Jesus Christ. One night we're having a meeting in here. You might remember that meeting or do you have to go off to, to work? I don't know. But there was uh, somebody knocking on the door and we had a, a visiting preacher at the time from the States and, uh, and, and I'm looking out there and so Gordon went out there. He was the head steward at the time and, and on the welcoming he went out there to see what this this couple were doing knocking on the door and so uh, the curtain was back and so they're looking in and uh, next minute he brings them in. So afterwards we find out what the story was all about. They were there to pick up their boys playing indoor cricket. Now I don't know, this doesn't really look like indoor cricket. I mean it's decor's changed from what it was back then but they were there and but they were stoned. They'd been they, they hadn't been stoned physically, but they were stoned. And they were, got the place wrong because the indoor cricket is on the other side of town in the industrial area. And they're knocking on the door to pick up their boys, two boys, from, from playing indoor cricket. And uh, so Gordon invites them in, come in. Guess what? When the altar call is given, they give their lives to Jesus. They came in stoned. They went out saved. Hallelujah. That's the power of the gospel. So then we go around to visit them on the Monday, I think it was. So we go in there and there's this dark room. They were watching a video or something or other and two boys are there. So they're all unemployed sitting there and it's dark. And boy, the smoke in that room was pretty, yeah, it was a bit different. I hadn't sort of had any of that stuff, but it was a, well, it was a happy day. So we, we started talking to them about following Jesus and and and. and so next Sunday, they brought their boys along. Their boys got saved. Then afterwards, mum and dad came and they said, we need to get married. So we organised an engagement ring. We had a jeweller in the church that time. Uh, and uh, he made an engagement ring. And so we, we did the whole wedding. And, uh, and so um, they finished up getting work and started working. And their whole lives were changed around. And this all happened because they heard the gospel. They just happened to rock up. But we had a momentum going at that point in time. It was a move of God that was happening that was a bit unusual, a little bit different. We didn't know what was going on because things were happening before we knew what was happening. That's good when God does something. So the gospel is the power of God under salvation. 
the word power is actually dunamis. It's the same word as the Holy Spirit, dunamis, that power that comes when you're baptised with the Holy Spirit. That power hasn't lost, hasn't been lost. COVID can't put it out. There's nothing that can stop the power of the gospel changing lives, changing a community. See, just as that woman at the well, her whole, uh, all that, it says the whole village came and, and saw him and welcomed him and Jesus stayed there a couple of days. And they said, now we believe because we have seen and we have heard ourselves. So from that one woman having just a simple, simple testimony. And Jesus is talking about water, but he's leading somewhere. And he is the well of living water sitting on the well that doesn't satisfy much for a short time. You see, a lot of people out there are looking for something that doesn't satisfy for a long time. The living water satisfies forever and takes you into eternity where we get to enjoy it even more and more. Um, I was reading and Wendy showed me out of Jude and we might look at a scripture. We better look at a scripture this morning just to get on track. Jude chapter 1, which is only one chapter in there. So you won't find chapter 2. Verse 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling and to present you unblemished, blameless, I'm reading from the Amplified, and faultless before the presence of his glory in triumphant joy and exultation with unspeakable ecstasy. <laughs> Ecstatic delight, actually it is. To the one only God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, splendour, majesty, might and dominion and power and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. So be it. Jude is writing to the church and he's writing about the importance of not allowing the gospel to be twisted. There was false teachers in there and he's actually warning. He's saying, come on, you need to defend the faith. I think it's the next slide on if you keep rolling on a bit. Um, I wanted to print it out, but my printer wouldn't work. And I thought, devil, I can't blame you for this. I've run out of ink. <laughs> That's one he got off with. But then Paul, writing to the church in Rome, he says, for, in, in chapter 1, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek, speaking of the Gentiles. For it is the righteousness of God, is, is through it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, for it is written, the just shall live by faith. So Jude actually is saying there we need to defend the gospel, we need to vehemently watch over the gospel. There's a lot of misunderstanding about the truth of Jesus Christ. So much is, is said about him. So much that often people just don't believe anymore. But we've got to bring them back to the truth. We've got to vehemently get in there and say, okay, you know, not, not, not forcefully, but with love. Allow the love of God to, for them. See their soul that may be burning in hell one day. One night we were visiting a family uh, in um, 
Longwood, and uh, it's near Mylor. And we were visiting this family, and there's a, a knock at the door. And uh, in comes a gentleman. His name was Frank, Frank Harrison. His son was attending the church here. And uh, anyway, he's, um, he comes in and he's talking about, because these people have been through Ash Wednesday and the bushfire, and so he's talking about, you know, the insurance, fighting the insurance company and the trouble he's going through, and, and we started turning it towards the gospel. And uh, as we're turning it towards the gospel, he's, he's saying, well, you know, we said, well, why don't you let it go, Frank? It's, it hasn't got you anywhere. I mean, if you walked in his home, Roger, Roger was embarrassed to actually invite us into his home because you walk in the passageway, and I looked in there one time, and I got as far as the kitchen, there was newspapers stacked high with all these cuttings and, and articles all over the place and there was nowhere to sit because there was just newspaper cuttings about bushfires and other places and the fight against insurance companies. His life was in total jeopardy and turmoil because he got so caught up in what had happened to him and there's people out there that in, had tragedy and they've got caught up in that whole thing. And so there was, he was so bound with this stuff that he really didn't want to hear anything. He said, well, perhaps another time we'll ha to have a talk about Jesus. And Wendy said, <laughs> Wendy was, Wendy's got this, if she gets onto something, look out. And she, she says, Frank, you've got to do it tonight. Frank, you need to do it tonight. Commit your life to Jesus. Ask Jesus into your life. All that other stuff, don't worry about that now. Let Jesus handle that. Let Jesus do it. So finally Frank submits. He's going to, okay, 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 okay. So... And Wendy felt it in the spirit. And I, I knew, yeah, you're right. I won't add to this. Let one person do it. Because we can just pray in the background. Sometimes you need to step back. The Jehovah's Witnesses do that. You know, and then they get into trouble, they get the other person to sort of do it when they're training. But the thing is, <laughs> don't learn from them, by the way. But uh, he does. He actually prays the prayer. The conversation changed. He left. It wasn't a week that had gone by. Frank had a stroke, was taken to hospital and never recovered. How close was he to missing out on the good news? How close was he? His son, Roger, used to try many times to, to get his dad along to church because he knew the importance of the, hearing the gospel. It says to vigorously defend and contend the faith and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the gospel is more than just salvation. Salvation is part, the major part of it, but to be saved is to be healed. So like that woman, Irene, in, in uh, Meningi, and by the way, they, their business was, they were struggling. There was rumours around town, don't go there, their food's not good. And we keep dropping in there, we drop in, their food is really good. And suddenly they are so busy. Like we, we said, we'll pray for the business. And uh, she also said, I've had a priest come in and bless it. I said, well, that's good, you know, that's, you know, God wants to bless, bless your business. And it's totally turned around. I mean, they're wanting to sell it now. Now, the value of it's gone up 
because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, the gospel is more than just salvation. That is important. That is prime. But sometimes it's having a word of knowledge like the woman at the well. Sometimes it's just the healing. Just we'll pray for you. And, and how is it now? And you can see before you even ask. was in this case. Sometimes you have to ask, how is it now? Well, it's a little bit better. Well, let's pray again. Let's see. Let's see the power of God. And the gospel is the truth that Jesus Christ is the healer. He is the one who can heal you. He's the one who can save you. He's the one who can set you free from bondages and, and, and addictions. He's the one who will make a difference in your life. He's the power of God under salvation and it's found in the Word. And so when there's compromise in the Word, which Jude was most up, upset about, he was actually saying, come on, guys, you've got to get back to what the Word is and what the Word says. What is the truth? What is the truth? There's so many lies out there. You just listen to ABC radio for a moment and you hear all sorts of, you turn on the TV and you've got these beautiful pictures of creation and so many million years ago, like they were there. Give me a break. Like, we know how it began. So they found this big rock up in, uh, up in Queensland. So they now x-rayed that and they found in there, they found the skeletons of, uh, of, a, of a prehistoric creature of type. And so now they've found, they've found where life began. And I thought, give me a break. <laughs> There's so much, so much in competition. But the creator of heaven and earth has come. He's given his life. As a, as a ransom, pay the price in full so that we can know the truth. And Jesus said, and the truth will set you free. So whatever you might be going through in life, don't let the world speak to you. Don't let any other influence affect you. First, let the word of God affect you. There's the first place that we need to go to. What does God say about this situation I'm in? Because when we allow his word, which is the truth, which is the gospel, when that comes and touches our life, it changes us. And the Bible says it changes us from glory to glory. The good thing about that is the gospel continues on. It keeps on changing us from glory to glory. I've got an old saying, I'm not what I used to be, nor am I what I'm going to be. The thing is, he's changing us from glory to glory. Some people try to find the perfect church. They go there and ruin it. Because there isn't one. But you see, what we've got to do is work together so that we actually make it the best we can do in our part as we serve together and get the gospel out so that when people come in, when they hear, hear of the reputation of the church, they, 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 they will find that there's genuine people who make, make mistakes, but it doesn't matter. Here's the acrostic. The acrostic is where you take the first letter of the gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L. It helps you understand and gives you an insight as to how you can actually bring the gospel message. First of all, God created us to be with him. If you, you don't use this as such to somebody, but, but God created us to be with him. He wanted relationship. He wants relationship with, with you as an individual. 
He cares about you, even to the point of numbering the hairs on your head. And so Gary and I make it easier for him. And some of you others, we won't mention any names. But when you think about that, why is that in the Bible? He numbers the hairs on your head. Like, hasn't he got something better to do? But you see, he's trying to get to us, I love you more than you think you can be loved. I love you more than you love yourself. In fact, I love you more than I love myself. Because he was willing to die on a cross for you. So it always begins with God. God's the start. He's the alpha. Our sins, our sins separate us from God. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I try not to do certain things and I think that probably is not pleasing to God and and you, you, you're successful, you know, and then and then, then another day, you know, you just see that car cut you off and you think, I'll oh, get him back, I'll oh, get him. And so you speed up and you just move over quickly with an indicator and then think, no, I shouldn't do that, could cause an accident. But, you know, in, in the thought, in the deed, in those things that you do, it's, it's in our blood. But you see, we get a blood transfusion and we need to live out of that through Jesus Christ. There's a new way of living. It's the power of God under salvation to change us from glory to glory. But sins can't be removed by good deeds. We can't please God by our good deeds. In fact, our good deeds are like dirty rags before God. When you stand before somebody who is pure, who is holy, who is righteous, who there's no, there's no evil in him, when we stand before him, what can I do? What can I do to make up for what I've done or cover over what I've done? It is impossible. And so there's this separation. Our sins separate us. And sins cannot be removed by good deeds. But paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. There it is. Nobody else could die. I couldn't die for my sins. I would have stayed in a bad place. But thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. I get excited when the name of Jesus is mentioned in, in love. Sometimes you hear it where people are using it in another way. Why don't they use Buddha? Muhammad? Confucius and get really confused. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Everyone. Everyone. You see, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe, whosoever, that's the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, and all the others. You see, God loves people. God loves people. We've got to get that in our heart. And Jude writes about that, and he says, you know, we need to get that, that love in our hearts for people. It's not, you know, I mean, it's, it's, we could be playing sandcastles like Tilly could have been and, and just thought, well, okay, sarah, sarah, and run off the beach when she saw the waves coming or whatever. We've got to warn people. We are God's instruments to warn people that there is imminence of something about to happen. It's closer now than it's ever been. See, we're in the last of the last days. And we see things happening around us and it's all evil and we're all concerned about that. But you see, God has got an answer. It's the gospel. And we get life with Jesus and it starts now and lasts forever. The gospel. It's the good news. So much bad news. People need to hear good news. 
They just need to hear God loves you. God cares about you. God wants to help you. God has a plan for your life. God cares so much that he paid the price in full. This might be a simple message, but you know, I've been stirred more and more that we need to understand we've got to get the gospel out there. But we do it in a rest, not in a striving. We do it in just having life. We go dancing, ballroom dancing. And uh, we get so many opportunities just being there. People come up and ask us questions and we don't say who we are or what we've done or anything like this. You see, when Jesus comes in, there's something in you. We've walked into a situation and there's been somebody from the other side and Wendy walked into one place. We'd just come from a, from a meeting up in, up in Brisbane and this guy saw her and almost and shot out, the, shot out the shop. She went in there just to get some water or whatever you're going to get, some water, milk, milk. You see, people, we were, we were, we were oh, I'm going to finish with this. How, much, how long have I got? Five minutes. Okay. We were, we were at this hotel breakup dinner. We'd been invited. It was a social club. We went to this place. It was out the back of Victor Harbour. We go there and it was a bit country and laid back. And so they had some music going and we we're enjoying the night. We're just sitting there and we're, um, you know, a number of people. I mean, it was fully paid for by the social club. And, uh, and so uh, we'd been invited. So we're just sitting there having a good time. Then we had a little dance with the music, sat down. And um, we, Wendy said, well, let's go. It's getting a bit late. So we sort of thought, yeah, let's go. And grabbed our stuff. And next minute, this guy comes, he comes over. He says, uh, uh, sorry, I was a bit noisy tonight. <laughs> now, there was probably 50, 50 people. We didn't, oh, we didn't know this guy. But he, he's apologizing to us. He says, oh, I hope I wasn't too, too, too noisy in my language. Is it all right? And I'm sitting there thinking, this is different because we are different. We are different. When you invite Jesus into your life, you're different. You're different. So don't be surprised when somebody comes up to you. Take the opportunity and say, well, what is it about you? We go out of dancing. What is it about you? Oh, do you really want to know? Had another lady come up to me. She said, um, Victory Church. Do you know Victory Church? I said, yes, I do. She said, um, she said, uh, is, that, is that okay? Is that a good church? <coughs> I said, why do you ask? And she said, well, my granddaughter is going along there. And she said, I don't want them going, I don't want her going to some cult. I thought, beauty. So I said, no, no, no. They, 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 uh, the pastor there sometimes comes to some of our conferences and uh, they preach the same as we do. Jesus Christ crucified and believing on him, you shall be saved. And so I said, you've got no problem worrying about where she, you know, is connecting into because they're a good church. They, they believe that Jesus paid the price in full. But his name, I forget what I, other I said, but I, I thought, I've got an opportunity to preach the gospel. It just comes like that. You don't have to be striving over it. Just, just be who God has called you to be. Allow him to flow through you. It's not hard. It's easy. It's easy. He's a good, good God. He's not a hard taskmaster. I was brought up in a church 
that I thought when I um, went to church on Sunday and got hit by a truck Sunday afternoon, I'd go that way. Monday, maybe. Tuesday, probably as a teenager, definitely that way. Wednesday was totally right off. I knew exactly where I was going. That was my understanding of the gospel, like he was up there ready to swap me and send me to hell because I wasn't measuring up. But you see, the one who did measure up has already paid the price in full. When the Father looked at him on the Mount of Transfiguration, the searchlight of heaven was on him. There was no spot, no wrinkle, no blemish. He was the Lamb of God, ready to die for the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Can we stand to our feet this morning? Father, today I just ask that you would just touch hearts today. Lord, I pray that there would be no heaviness from this message, but a joy, a joy and a privilege that we are your ambassadors, Lord. And Lord, if there's anybody here today that they don't know Jesus or they're not sure of their salvation, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just come to to minister into their hearts, whatever it is, where there's hardness in their heart, where they've been hurt by churches or, or hurt by situations, hurt because of things that have happened, where things that have happened in their life they don't understand, whether it's been uh, losing a loved one or, or whatever has happened in their life. Father, today, override that with your love of grace. Let your joy and your love just touch them right now. Just touch. In fact, touch every heart. We've come here for an encounter with you, Lord. We ask for your encounter to come. Let the peace and the joy and the rest of faith just flood every heart. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to work to please you. <laughs> Only believe on Jesus and we become pleasing to you just like that. And even before that, you love us. So if you don't know Jesus this morning or you've never given your heart to Jesus, maybe you've come to church this morning struggling with doubt, fear, and we can pray a prayer together and just allow His, His love just to, just to get on you, just to touch you. Father, we just thank you. Let's just, let's just pray a simple prayer. Let's just recommit our lives afresh. What a joy it is. Let's all together as one body. Oh, what it was a day for some of us. What a change it made. Let's just do it again. Let's just refresh. Let's say this prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus died upon a cross. That he only showed love. And it's your love, Lord. Love of a father. To gather us to yourself. Father, today, forgive us. Cleanse us. Wash us. Refresh us. 
fill us. Come into every area of our lives. Flood our hearts with a joy, with the fruit of the Spirit, with the knowledge of knowing that we are saved, that we are healed in your name, that we are redeemed in your name. You purchase us with your precious blood. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God is so good. Let's give him a clap. Hallelujah.